2017. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you this week by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight. My partner, Jim Chet Chesko, has the night off to attend to some high school functions with his family. So we've got a couple special guests lined up to talk the state of Philly sports and the collecting and memorabilia hobby. Carl Henderson, the longtime owner of Carl's Cards and Collectibles in Havertown, PA. And Bill Mattis, the owner of All Star Incorporated, as well as the host of Bill and Friends, which can be heard on Tuesday nights on 610 WIP. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, Bill. How are we doing? Good, good. Hey, before we get started, uh, we want to send out our sympathies to our friend Fred Hugo, who's been a regular on our show throughout the NFL season, on the passing of his dad and my longtime friend, Fred Burns. Fred and I have been friends for 50 years to Mrs. Burns, Fred's wife, Peggy, and sons, Fred, Tim, and Jim, and the remainder of the family. We send our heartfelt condolences to all of you. I will see you all this weekend, and as a longtime listener, Fred, uh, this show's for you, my friend. Carl, let's get it rolling, and uh, let's start with you and talk some Phillies. They're on a current four-game win streak after playing some awful May baseball. What do you think of the Phils? Uh, I, I missed the last four games. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> wins, baby, wins. Good pitching and hot hitting by that number 37, Odubel Herrera. Well, if you tell me that's what he's going to give us just about every night, I'm okay with that. But uh, not according to Mike Schmidt. Well, uh, let's talk about that Mike Schmidt thing. I, I kind of um, – my take on that is a little bit of an overreaction from the media. And, Bill, you, you deal with these players, uh, you know, probably more than – well, certainly more than me and maybe even more than Carl. I mean, I, what I heard Mike say was what he felt. And certainly communications can be an issue. I know in my own business uh, that I work for, I deal with a lot of Spanish-speaking guys, and it's often very difficult to communicate. Did, did you see anything wrong with what uh, – Schmidt had to say, Bill? Not really. Mostly because of the fact that it's his opinion and he's he's entitled to his opinion and then I don't think it was anything that was, you know, overly racist or anything like that. Many of the older players, uh, you know, as they get older, they tend to voice their opinions a little bit more actively and, and sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not a good thing. But I think in this case you know, Schmidt just kind of gave his opinion, and, and I think the press did overreact. And, you know, it's 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 kind of like looking for a story that really isn't there. It's a team that has had so many struggles. You know, let's find something we can talk about. And Schmidt, you know, wound up giving him some, some fodder for that. And, you know, like I said, to me, it's not a big deal. But, you know, they need something to talk about, so I guess that's what it was all about. 
Well, and, and I agree, and, and Carl, I'll, I'll go back to you. It almost sounded to me like, you know, to, to call somebody a racist is a pretty is a pretty serious uh, offense to put into a headline in the newspaper for a quote that a guy made when he was asked a question. No different than, than us talking now. I mean, it, it just, uh, you know, the, the person asked him a question, he gave an answer, and uh, I, I struggled with that when I read, read some pretty pretty tough things on Schmidt. Yeah, it uh, it was a tough pill to swallow for sure. Um, you know, it's it, the team's not bad enough, and and now you've got uh, you know the media you know jumping on this, and that's the last thing you need. Um, but it, it's just I don't know Schmidt being Schmidt. You know, he sent some off the wall stuff over the years, so we should be uh, maybe used to it. Interesting. Agreed. Well, hey, Carl, I know that you, for one, because you and I talk a good bit or text or tweet or whatever we do during the week, and I know you have uh, you've got uh, a lot of desire to see the Phils change this roster up and start bringing up these young kids. Do these handful of wins change your thought any, or, or are we still thinking bad May baseball because it was awful? I, I just – these guys aren't going to be around much past the, the trade deadline. So, um, you know, if that's the case, I don't know what is the trade deadline. You know, can we speed it up? Because, uh, you know, I mean, you've got to start the process. I'm not saying bring up three or four prospects at one time, but how about one? Can you give me just one? So which one do you want to bring up and who would you replace if it, if it was your call? Well, un- unfortunately, the guy I was pushing for was Roman Quinn because I thought, you know, he would have been a nice little fit in the outfield and, you know, give you something at the top of the the top of the lineup. But now I hear he's going to see Dr. Andrews uh, in the next day or two. Well, that's not good. Well, how about uh, – do you know – do either one of you guys know anything about this Scott Kingry or much about him? He hit his 17th home run today that uh, is now tied for the lead in all professional baseball. He's a second baseman. Uh, is he ready to, to make a move? You're not expecting your second baseman to be a 30-home run guy. You want me to take that, Carl? Go ahead. My, my opinion would be, yeah, my opinion would be that he should move up to AAA for, you know, at least a few weeks to a month. You know, Utley didn't spend a whole lot of time uh, in the minors. He moved pretty pretty quickly when he came through. I'm not going to put uh, a comparison to Utley on Kingery quite yet, but, heck, you know, his stats are kind of similar in the, what Utley gave us back in the day. And, you know, there's a lot of comparisons to him. And, and certainly I, I think if you make up a lineup, you you can make up a really good lineup going through the AAA and AA teams that the Phillies have right now that should be in place by the end of 2018 or even the beginning of 2019. And of those nine players or of those eight position players, I think there's only maybe two that are on the current roster that I would consider having kept around. And that's not even considering – any free agents to come in. And Kingery certainly would be the guy that I would be hoping would be playing at second base. And you don't want to – at this point, you know, rushing players, 
guys come straight out of the draft now, right into the majors. They take one year maybe in the minors. You know, there is no such thing as rushing players anymore. They all are used to it, especially these guys who play three and four years in college. Those guys should be able to step in within two years and, and make a contribution, especially if they're a first-round pick. Very valid point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, um, last Phillies question. We're 21-35 and 35 as we sit. What's that, 56 games in. So there's still 106 games to go. Can this team win, let's say, uh, 70? Can they win 49 out of their last 106, or are they going to be a – can they even reach 70 wins? Can it, can it get any worse Carl? in May? I, I, you know, I, I don't think it can get any worse. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the positive side and say it can only get better. It has to get better. <laughs> All right, Bill, well, what do you I'm think? Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I believed all the season that uh, the Phillies have been tanking. I believe that the manager management has been uh, not spending money on purpose. I think they've been playing these guys as as space holders until the minor league players are ready. And frankly, I think they're taking a little bit of a page out of the Sixers book where, you know, they're going to get a very high draft pick in every single round of the of the baseball draft. You know, and and that's kind of how some of the other teams have done this stuff. I mean, Houston was very bad for a bunch of years. The Cubs were very bad for a bunch of years. And now look at these organizations. They're really solid. And right now, the Phillies have a very, very strong double-A AA and triple-A team that's ready to step in. I hope they lose every game the rest of the season. I want to see them get the first pick because that's the way things are done these days, apparently. You know, I feel bad for the guys on the team right now, but, you know, you look at that roster – and I've said this many times on my show. How many of those players start for the Nationals? How many of those players would start for the Cubs? The answer is none. None of these guys would start on any of those other teams. And that just shows you that the management hasn't done anything to make anything happen now. Because, in my opinion, they're banking the money and they're waiting for the prospects. And I'm hoping and, and praying that next year the team that you see out there is radically different and includes a couple big name uh, free agents. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, let's shift over to the, uh, the Flyers. Carl, you're a big, huge Flyers fan. They have the second pick in the draft. Some might consider underachieved by not making the playoffs this year, but have a load of talent ready to make a run for the big team. You see a wholesale roster change coming uh, at the start of the next season? Not at all. Not at all. I think Hexy's, you know, got a plan in place, and, you know, he's just going to let this process play out as well. You know, all all three of these, you know, the Sixers, the Phillies, the Flyers, they're very similar when you stop and think about, you know, the prospects that, you know, are coming, the prospects that are here. You know, um, I just, Hex, you know, I can remember, Bill, you know, we sat in Hextel's office doing that private signing, and, you know, what did he say when I asked him about, you know, the future? And he's, the comment was something, you know, give me seven years. And I guess the reference was to the GM of the Blackhawks, you know, that it took them seven years to get to the promised land. So um, I, I, I keep going back to that. So I hope he's right. Interesting. Yeah, I Bill, what, what's your you take know, on the Flyers? 
I agree with Carl completely. And if you've ever had an opportunity to have Hextall one-on-one like I have, you can you can feel the quiet confidence that he has in his tone, in his demeanor, and everything that he says. And it's almost like he knows something that you don't know, and he's not quite disclosing it yet. I know he wasn't happy with the performance of the team in any way this season, but when I talked to him after the season was over, I kind of said to him, so no radical changes coming up, right? And he was like, no, there's not going to be anything radical. We just need to get better. And a lot of the younger guys just need to get better, and they got to keep moving forward as opposed to taking steps backwards like apparently they did this past season. So I think, you know, the fact that they have this draft pick, a guy that gets taken second pick overall in any draft, baseball or hockey, basketball this is a guy that's got to contribute almost immediately and and i'm hoping that whoever they take he's at training camp and maybe even on the opening day roster and and contributing right from the get-go because that's what they need they need that one more piece that two more piece and then of course they have to address the goaltending situation but i you know i think there's big i think there's big things in front of us for the flyers and and i also believe that for the phillies i just think it's going to be two to three years away uh, Carl, you, what was your take on the on Dave Hackstall as the coach uh, sitting Gosses Bear out, sitting some other guys out along the way, the youngsters that were making big time game mistakes, and his thought or what he what he said in his one press conference was, once the season starts in the NHL, you can't practice. So the only way to get practice is to not be playing, and that's what he tried to do to help these kids get better. You uh, you buying that story? Uh, not necessarily, because I just, you know, I think he was just trying to send a message. I think we all know that, you know, Gustafsfeer didn't have the, the, the you know, the, the year that we were looking for him to uh, to have after his rookie year. Um, I, I think we went through some growing pains. And I think, you know, what, what Bill said about this second pick, you know, he, he better <laughs> he better be on the squad because, you know, all you got to do is go up north and look at what Toronto did this year with their picks, and and those guys were, you know, they were scoring some goals. You know, they made the playoffs, and you know that's a pretty young squad up there. So um, hopefully Hextall pushes the right buttons with this pick, and you know gives the coach, you know, you know another offensive threat because you know you you need to score goals. You need to score goals. More than what? What do we average? Less than three, three for you know per yep. game. So, uh, right. you know, you, you need some offense. Well, hey, Bill. One of the things that came out almost immediately after they got that lottery pick at number two was that uh, it made Sean Couturier expendable. I mean, is that a part you would want to move to maybe get another draft pick, or or is Couturier because he has not been a big offensive star? Um, not really going to bring the value. Yeah, you don't want to sell a stock when it's low. Um, you know, unless there's somebody out there that believes in the guy like the Flyers did, it doesn't make any sense to sell a stock when it's low. And my guess would be that, like you said, uh, there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of demand out there. But then again, you know, Hextall has been able to to make some deals on draft day. He's been able to uh, upgrade our positioning and and then I think he's made some really great moves that I think you're going to see the fruits come come forward on 
this this year and the next year. Uh, you know, he he seems to be able to make things happen right at uh, draft day, and and I'm hoping that that he can do that again. And whether it it, it includes Sean, I'm not sure. I would I would say that unless you could get something that's you know justifiably uh, worth the value, I would say you know he's he's still a, a pretty good talent to hold on to and, and to try to see if we can't snap him out of it. Gotcha. All right. Well, hey, let's shift over to the Flyers or the Sixers, Bill. And this one's for you to lead off. Number three pick in the NBA draft. And I guess does that <laughs> excite you at all? And are you trusting the process? I know your partner Carl here. Definitely trust the process. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think Carl knows my position quite well. I, I sit with his wife, Sue, uh, in, in that I am so excited about this <laughs> upcoming season. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I, I firmly believe that the Sixers will be in the playoffs this season. Uh, I'd be disappointed with anything less. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm excited to see these guys all on the court at the same time. You know, the, this is the year where the process has to pay off. And I would also like to go just this a little bit further and say, I'm hoping that Colangelo goes ahead and becomes aggressive in this draft and not only uses that number three, but maybe makes a trade with it or finds a way to trade in for a second pick in the top 10 and, and, and go ahead and mortgage a little bit of that future now to get some players right now that can go with some of these other great players that we have on the roster. And uh, the number three pick, it's a great spot to be because, you know, obviously my, I believe that they need the, the, the point guard. And I know a lot of people are saying that they should take the kid from Kansas. And, you know, I, I want a point guard. Okay, I, I want the kid from Kentucky, the Fox kid. Uh, you know, I would like – that's the guy I want. And if we can trade back and get a point guard that's established and then take the kid from Kansas, all right, I could see that. You know, everybody's talking about Bledsoe and – if they can get a guy like a Bledsoe and trade back two spots or one spot and then take the Kansas kit, I'm okay with that. But I need to have a significant point guard out of this draft, whether it's from trade, whether it's from using that pick. You know, Personally, I'd, I'd use that pick and, and take the kid from Kentucky, but that's just me. Mr. Henderson, counterpoint. Uh, no, Bill covered everything, so we can move on. We've That's enough Sixer talk. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Carl, this last one is for you anyway, and it's an Eagles question. They've tried to surround Carson Wentz with experienced playmakers in the offseason, you know, and they, but they haven't done much on the defensive side of the ball. With that said, do you think they can improve on last year's seven and nine season to make the playoffs? I'm sure hoping so. I, I do, and and I think you know I think Howie's done a you know an incredible job rebuilding this squad you know, to the point where, you know, he's brought in some, you know, some one-year replacements, maybe longer. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think they're, you know, I'd be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. Absolutely. And and, and I think, you know, that, that some of these young guys, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, I think, you know, these, these teams are in Philly are all so close together, you know, that, you know, one player could – make or break the the whole season so yeah i'm i'm looking for big things there it's 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 time to you know it's time to you know get that uh that super bowl chant going there you go hey bill how about you uh are you for favor of building the offense before the defense that's kind of backwards from normal but they've got the weapon in wentz and they gotta they gotta get him surrounded 
Well, they used the first round pick on the, the, the pass rusher. And I think that was a, a great move because that, you know, if, if he can be an impact player, what he's going to do is he's going to make the other defensive linemen better. He's going to make Fletcher Cox better. He's going to make some of the other players on the defense better. And then, then a, a defensive back doesn't have to cover somebody for five seconds. You know, you, the best defensive back that ever played the game could not cover a receiver in the NFL for five seconds. But two and a half, you could put out a guy that's mediocre, kind of like the Eagles' defensive backs, and <laughs> he can get away with it because, because of the fact that if you put pressure on the quarterback, you have the ability to make that quarterback throw before he wants to. And I think they did actually address the defense because of using that first-round pick. I know not they didn't do it through free agency yet, but – I'm excited about it. I think it's a good move. I'm not sure necessarily whether they're anywhere near Super Bowl ready, but I think they certainly can challenge in this division, and I think uh, they they can make the playoffs. I actually believe that next year, I think we've got a shot at having three of the four teams, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, three of the four in the playoffs. I'm not going to tell you which three, but uh, I'm pretty sure the baseball team might need an extra year or so. But I really <laughs> think that the uh, the Eagles can contend for the playoffs and then maybe a year or two from now they can uh, maybe contend for some more. All right. Well, hey, that's good stuff. Let's uh, let's take a break, catch a catch a drink of water real quick. We're going to thank our friends over at the Irish Rover House. Hey, it's Chet, and if you've listened to our show recently, you know I'm a big fan of the Irish Rover Station House, a terrific bar and restaurant in Langhorne, Bucks County. And there's plenty going on at the Rover this month. DJ Dave gets the party started this Saturday night, and on Sunday, June 18th, it's the Irish Rover's 5th Annual Father's Day Car Show. Bring the whole family for a great day with Dad with proceeds benefiting the Bucks County Community Foundation. There are daily food and drink deals, beer specials during all Phillies games, a spacious dining area, and the outdoor patio is now open. The Irish Rover Station House on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. Check it out on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. All right, man, let's get back. Let's shift gears and let's talk about nearly everybody's favorite topic, Card collecting and memorabilia. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Carl is the owner of Carl's Cards and Collectibles in Havertown, while Bill is the owner of All-Star Inc., where he has spent years working as a player agent for signing events. So we've got all the angles covered. And, Bill, I want to start out with you on this one. You've worked with some Hall of Fame legends over the years and the late Jim Bunning, Gail Sayers, Paul Horning, and others. Do you have a particular story that you could share about the late Jim Bunning? Well, Jim was, um, to say the least, Jim was a very straightforward guy. He was a straight shooter. He he didn't mix words, and um, at times he could be a little ornery. I mean, he he, he didn't. Yeah, he could shift his moods from from left to right in a in a heartbeat. And um, he was very aggravated at times with certain people, and then he would be fine again. One of the funniest stories I have with him though is I was picking him up at uh, Reagan Airport to take him to the uh, CSA show down in, in Virginia in Chantilly. And uh, this was right before um, the election, uh, the, the last election. And, of course, Jim is a staunch, was a staunch Republican, conservative Republican. And, you know, and Trump was, was winning primaries at that point. And, and it was kind of up in the air as to whether or not he was going to be the Republican nominee. And I, I said to him, I'm like, so – are we are we voting for Trump? 
uh, when it comes to September. And he turned to me, and I thought he was going to grab the wheel and pull the car off the off the road. And he said, <laughs> "Well, we certainly can't vote for Hillary." And I, and I, I was said, "Well, uh, okay, but that wasn't my question. I mean, are we going to vote for Trump?" And he said, "If he's the nominee, we're going to vote for Trump." And I said, "All right." So how about those Phillies? And uh, we went into the discussion about the Phillies, and that's the kind of guy he was. He was he was very. Uh, Heart, heartfelt. He was very staunch as far as his stance on things. He was not very flexible. I mean, if he had an idea, it was going to be the way he wanted it to be. And the other thing I would say about him is talk about a family guy. This is a guy who had like, I don't know, I, I could be wrong, nine kids. I think he had like 36 grandchildren. I think he was working on about 20, 25 great-grandchildren when I was last with him. Um, it was all about family. You know, his wife he had been married to, and and she had been ill at one point. Um, and and I think they were married for over forty or fifty years, something like that. He got married very young, and um, you know, he he was a big, big, big family guy. And and uh, you know, it's, it's a shame. Uh, you know, when we when we had heard of the stroke, we were hoping that it, it wasn't too severe, and apparently it, it took a second turn for the worse, and, and that was it. It was the last time I actually spoke with him, I think, was that Chantilly show. Wow. Well, hey, Carl, from the store owner's standpoint, the guy that brings in multiple guests for signings, and it appears from my experience going to the bigger shows like that CSA Chantilly show and the the recent Philly show and the national that this hobby is still just going very strong. I, I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I was down at the national in Atlantic city and, you know, it was, uh, you know, very powerful show. Um, it, it's difficult for me to put a, you know, a pulse on, you know, some of the other shows because I'm doing it, you know, from a, you know, a standpoint of, you know, bringing in, you know, one or two guys a couple of times a month, um, but still doing a lot of the same names, especially here in the Philly market. Um, and, and we have great, you know, we have great turnouts. Uh, we recently had uh, Greg Luzinski, you know, who was very accessible down at the park, but, you know, he still, you know, he still drew very well, um, you know, for us here at the store. <clears throat> Excuse me along with uh, mail order that came in from, you know, different parts of the country. So, um, you know, we, you know, we look at it from, you know, a lot of different ways, people that support the store, but they can't make the signing that day. So they'll pre-order something or drop something off to be signed. You know, then we have mail order that comes in and then, you know, we have the day of, so, you know, we've got three parts to, you know, to make it, uh, you know, a profitable day for us. And sometimes a profitable day is just breaking even. So, uh, you know, we have some of those days as well. Sure, sure. Wait, Carl, do you have a uh, a story to tell, good or bad, about one of your guest signers? I mean, everybody that's ever come through Philly just about is, uh, has been to Carl's Cards. Yeah, well, the guy that near and dear to my heart and, and I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about him and he's never even played for the Flyers or you know any Philadelphia team is is the late great Gordy Howe um, that probably was you know just a, a spectacular day um, just lining it all up with uh, his son Marty who handled all of his you know uh, signings and whatnot and um, just just being able to to have him walk through the door and 
I don't know how many people were here that day, a couple hundred people, and, you know, it was just a spectacular day. And then to make, you know, to make it even better, you know, who brings them but his son, Marty, uh, Mark. Um, so, you know, I've got Mark in the, in the house, you know, with Gordy, and it, it was just spectacular. And, you know, he just, you know, he was a great guy. Um, you know, had stories and answered everyone's questions and, it just—it was just an awesome, awesome day, and you know, one that I'll never, you know, forget. And you know, unfortunately, we were trying to to, to build another, you know, appearance to have all Mark, Barty, and Gordy, the two sons, and and Dad, you know, here, and then, you know, that kind of never did come to to be because you know, Gordy had gotten, you know, had gotten ill and never really rebounded from it. Um, but we, you know, we did have Mark and Marty together, and you know the stories were still there because the boys just kept bringing out, you know, all kinds of good stories and good, good talk, and you know the people just love hearing that. And uh, you know it, it was, it was just, uh, you know, that Howe family is uh, very special, very, very special. True, true royalty walking through the door when Gordy Howe walks in, no doubt. Absolutely. Hey, Bill. A new trend in the live autograph signing business is photo ops, which is absolutely blowing me away. When when I was at Chantilly and the show that you were talking about, I believe, uh, well, you and I were at this show, was talking to a family that happened to be all decked out in Cowboys gear uh, <clears throat> to get a family photo with a man, his wife, and two children with Dak Prescott for $149. The picture was really nice, professional photographer quality, and then stood in line to pay another $149 for Prescott to sign it. The show sold out of photo ops due to lack of time. When does this craziness end? Well, I would say that it probably will end as soon as the player's agents start charging more for the photo op than they do for the autograph. I mean, I, at this point, you know, some of the shows – uh, tend to take advantage of the fact that the players don't even know they're supposed to do a photo op, and so they don't even get paid for it. And so when the when the show when the show charges twenty five dollars for a basic guide to get a photo op, a, a lot of times they just go up, they do the three or four photo ops, and then it's off to the autograph table. Well, they don't even realize that 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 they're being charged, that the, the, the public's being charged for that, so they're not getting anything out of it, and it's sort of part of the deal. But when you have 15, 20, 40, or 50 different people lining up like they did for Prescott, well, you know, you better make a deal with Mr. Prescott to find out, you know, how much he's going to want to take a picture with everybody. And apparently the players like that better than they do signing their name, uh, at least at the moment. But I have a feeling that trend's going to end too. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a situation where, uh, you know, our, our hobby – is always changing, much like any business. Uh, I don't know how many businesses that were around in 1980 that are doing the same thing they were doing back then now. And uh, much like that, I think the same thing's true of our industry. And each year something else comes out that, that I'm going, why would anybody want that? And sure enough, it's selling out. So, you know, I, I just figure that's just because I'm getting older and, and everybody else is getting wiser. So who knows? Well, I know, uh, Carl, you and I actually talked about this a, kind of a long time ago before it really got popular when it was just getting moving. And uh, that's not that's not something that Carl's cards, at least at that time, 
uh, thought they would want to do with their customers. No, because I feel, you know, a little bit of loyalty to that person that's walking in the door. Um, you know, whether they're paying, you know, $20 for, you know, for for that guy or $50 for the, the, the true Hall of Famer. I try to fit it in my schedule. And, and, and um, you know, yeah, we don't have a professional photographer, you know, doing it. But the people that are here take it on their phone and they're just happy as can be to, to, to be able to get a photo and not have to pay, you know. Um, I hope to be able to continue um, to do it that way. You know, I know my family, you know, encourages me, you know, to uh, push for that. Um, and I know, Bill, you know, you've brought in a lot of guests and big names, you know. I mean, we brought in, you know, uh, Bobby Hall to get together, Gail Sayers together, Paul Horning together. Um, you know, and we allowed everyone that uh, that purchased an autograph uh, ticket to, to have a photo with them. So um, maybe I'm the you know maybe I'm the one that's losing out on this. I don't know, but I uh, I, I, I certainly feel a little bit of allegiance and, and and loyalty to my customers. You know, maybe because it is a retail store as well, um, and maybe people are going to buy something else uh, along the way. Um, so I feel pretty good about that, and uh, I hope to be able to continue that. I like it. Well, hey, Carl, on a different subject, somewhat new to me on the card collecting front is case breaks. Explain to the listeners what that is and how it works real quick. <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting concept, um, and, and it's mostly done online. Um, where some of the bigger the bigger name uh, distributors out there, and now it's even kind of moved down to to other people that just do it live live remote on their on their computer. Um, case of cards, they'll sell. Um, they, it started out originally you could buy your team, like if you wanted the Mets or you wanted the Phillies or you wanted the Dodgers, so you bought that team for X amount of dollars. Well, now I guess they realize that they can't sell out all of the teams, so they pick spots, one through 32, and you randomly get a number, and they assign it that way. So everybody that, you know, if team number 16 was the Phillies, you would get every Philly card that was pulled out of that case. So if you magically and, got and how, what would you bid? Per- would you bid on that spot? How, how, how did they make their money? Uh, well, usually they have they have it set up. Let's and we'll do easy math. If there's 32 spots at at 10 bucks a spot, so everybody would pay the same 10 dollars, and then they would randomly pull numbers accordingly. Okay. So originally, was it was it not set up originally where, say, I wanted to pick uh, the Angels because I wanted the yeah. Mike Trout card that I would bid on the Angels? Is isn't that how it originally well, set up? It, it's some some of them did. You know, you could bid, and other ones just sold the spots outright. They would they would have the the better teams priced higher than the you know the, say the San Diego Padres or the Milwaukee Brewers. I got you. Okay. Interesting concept. Well, hey, I have to ask you, are there are there really, you're in the business, so you see card collectors and memorabilia autograph collectors. 
are there really that many true card collectors that are still out there, or is it all now driven by card value? Um, that's a that's a great question, and and it's a hard one for me to to answer because I still have to buy all the current products because you know you got to have it on the counter or you know they won't even come in to take a look around. Um, but it has it, it's being driven you know obviously by you know the price of you know who's the hottest who's the hottest guy right now um, you know who's the hottest rookie who's the hot like Albert Pujols just hit his 600 home run. So, you know, his cards got hot all of a sudden. Right. I got you. All right. Hey, Bill, I wanted to ask you about one of my favorite players, and I know you work with him all the time with Carl and, and others. Uh, tell us about that John Capaletti. <laughs> well, uh you know, it's funny that uh, I got to know John almost uh, accidentally. I had hey, booked Bill, a deal with him. Bill yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Be, be careful. He might be listening. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he is. Um, There's nothing you know, bad to sense, say uh, about Cappy. I know that. Well, I'll tell you how it all. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how it all came about. Okay, so I sent a bunch of stuff to John. Actually, no. I sent a letter to John and said, we'd like to do a private signing through the mail. We want to pay you X for photos and Y for, for cards. And three days later, I got a phone call from somebody in California. And I was like, hmm, I wonder who this is. So I answered. He goes, hey, this is John Capaletti. I'm like, hey, John, what's up? And he's like, hey, the prices you wanted to do, uh, they're kind of low. And I said, well, uh, you know, where do we need to be? So we went back and forth. John loves to negotiate. Okay, he's probably something he shouldn't do, but he loves to get his mitts in there and he loves to negotiate. He just won't let somebody call me. That would be the easy thing to do. But instead, right. he wants to get in there and go, "Well, how about this much instead?" And da, 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 da. and I'm like, "Come on, John, why did you make that deal?" Anyway, so that's how we got to know each other. So I sent him out the stuff. He signed it. He sent it back. Then I said to him, "Look." In going forward, if, if I can get you any deals, would that be a good thing? He's like, sure, run them by me. And at that point, I was just now starting to work with Paul Horning. And so ever since then, he was kind of asking me, so what have you got in Horning lately? And I tell him I was in Chicago with Horning. I was in Philly with Horning. He go, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, you're Horning's agent, not mine. And I'm, So he gives me a lot of crap about it. John, John loves to... Uh, to, to give you a hard time and then tell you he's just kidding. And he, he really is a good guy. And uh, I really enjoy working with him because I, I now can consider him and, and, and call him a really, really good friend. And, you know, we both have grandchildren now. And, and so we, we can talk about that. And, you know, we have the Penn State pit thing that goes back and forth quite a bit. And that's always fun to talk about. And, you know, the fact that I live about a mile from where his mom still lives is a good thing, too, because every time he comes to town, we usually get together and do something. But he's a good guy, and uh, as long as he doesn't negotiate his own deals, we'll all be fine. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Well, hey, Carl, uh, who do you have lined up in the store? You've got a bunch going on, and uh, who you got in the near future, and how can the people get tickets for these events? Well, um Right off the top, I mean, uh, you go to the website, carlscards.com. It's real easy. Um, you know, we're pretty booked up in uh, June and July. 
Um, this uh, this week we got a couple of a uh, couple of the older Cowboys coming in. I won't talk too much about that, but uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been a tough pill to swallow. But we're going to get through this, and uh, you know, hopefully put a couple dollars in the uh, in the in the checkbook. Um, but uh, we've got uh, NBA Hall of Famer Dan Issel uh, next weekend. That's uh, the seventeenth. Father's Day weekend, um, so that's you know that's another you know another name outside the box, and uh, Bill was Bill was involved um, All Star Inc. You know both both those weekends he's booked both of those, so I'm pretty you know all, I'm always excited when I get to work with him because he's so you know he's so easy and just laid back and you know he just lets us do our thing and you know usually the celebrity whoever's here is pretty much, you know, under control. And um, so they work out really well. July, we've, we've got um, we've got Jim Lomborg um, coming in on July the 8th. Um, that's, a, that's a new name pretty much to the area. Um, pitch for the Phillies in the 70s, so we're excited about that. Um, and then Bill and I just booked uh, Bobby Wine and Art Mahaffey for, uh, for July 15th. So that's um, another couple of 64 Phillies there, um, and then the big one is um, is in August. Uh, we've got uh, Lefty coming in, Steve Carlton. So we're really excited about that one. And, and again, you know, Bill and I, you know, put that one together. So I'm I'm, I'm real excited about that. But uh, CarlsCards.com for all your uh, all your information. It's real easy. And how about a phone number? You got a phone number for them? Absolutely, yeah, it's 610-789-4996. We're right here in the heart of Havertown. Um, anybody needs us, they can email us. You know, we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I just found out last night we're now on Snapchat. Um, so we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all over social media. So, uh, uh, it's a good, hey, it's a hey good Carl, tell Tell me real quick, tell the listeners real quick about CCC Charities. I know this is something else that you do that, that helps people in and around the community all the time, and, and most people don't even know it exists, and it's something that I, I, am, I, I just think is really fantastic that you do up there. Well, we, we, you know, we do a lot of local stuff, um, you know, whether it's the Little Legs or Beef and Beers or, you know, somebody with, you know, a cancer fundraiser. And we basically try to, you know, help them out with supplying, you know, some items, you know, at a very, you know, very good cost where they can make money over and above, you know, that number. And um, it's it's something that we've just, uh, you know, my daughter Lauren is, is, is big into, you know, to the fundraising aspect of the business. And, you know, we've done, we've done a lot of local charities. I've got, you know, we just did one uh, that Lauren uh, arranged up in uh, Bethlehem for uh, for a little league team up there, and the guy guy came down and picked up 25 items, and he ended up uh, you know making a few hundred bucks that he you know wouldn't have been able to uh, to make without the items. So it worked out real well. So we you know we try to help wherever we can. We're you know we're always donating stuff, and. Uh, you know, whatever we can do to, especially in the community, we're we're big uh, we're big here in Delco, so that's uh, that's, awesome. that's part of what we do. Awesome, CarlsCards.com. Check them out. 
Bill, tell us what you've got. Uh, your show, Bill and Friends, what's it about, and when when is it on, and how can the listeners find it? And tell us what else you got going on besides what you got going with Carl. <laughs> well, before I answer a question about me, let me also say that the best place to like Carl to find out about information from Carl is the Facebook page because if you like his Facebook page on a daily basis, you're getting information <laughs> about the signings. And then you also got the seven-day deal and the frame them up Friday and all that stuff. That's the best place because they come to you with information as opposed to you having to go to Carl's card. So that makes it a lot easier. Now, let's talk about me. Um, So Bill and Friends on Sports is from Tuesdays. On Tuesday nights from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., I have a couple of my friends that are co-hosts, Joe Dara, Jim Davis, and my daughter, Christine, she is uh, our executive producer. And, um, you know, we, we, I think we just did our 23rd show on 610 AM in Philadelphia, WTEL. It's not WIP anymore. And um, it, it's been fun. I mean, it's been different. We, we like to have a lot of fun. We, we sometimes have to plug our advertisers as much as we possibly can because that kind of helps pay for the show. But overall, we, we try to get some of the current uh, sports topics out there and, you know, we, we, we've been growing each week with our number of people who like our Facebook page and, and who are listening. And, you know, it, it surprises me that, you know, I'll go do a, a show down in, in, in Virginia or I'll go to uh, the, the, the Valley Forge show. And, you know, people will stop me and say, hey, I listened to your show. And I'm like, really? Oh, okay. That's that's six <laughs> that we have now listening to the show. No, no, you know, it's it's just kind of funny to me that there's a lot more people listening than I really thought. And it's it's something that um, I'm not sure exactly where it's going to go, how much longer it's going to happen, but for now, it's something that we're doing. And, and I like the fact that I get to work with my daughter, much like Carl does with his daughter. You know, it's a lot different when your family's involved and it's something that they can kind of get involved with and, and, and wrap their hands around too. So that's the other part of it that makes it really great. Very good. All right, and uh, you have the Facebook page. You have a website also that they could go to to check you what you got going on. No website. We we do everything through Facebook. It's just look look for Bill and Friends on Sports, uh, or you can find my personal page, Bill Mattis, M A T T I S. And uh, we'd love to have anybody like our Facebook page. We let everybody know about all of our sponsors and all the things that they're doing, much like Carl's Cards and some of the other businesses that we work with, and. Um, you know, there's there's opportunity sometimes with contests and and uh, you know we we just try to have a lot of fun and 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 make it something that uh, people can enjoy. All right, sounds good. Hey, before we finish up, uh, Bill, let's start with you on some quick predictions. Warriors are up two games to none. Uh, does LeBron and the Cavaliers even have a chance to come back and win this? Uh, yes and no. I think I think they lo- they win tonight. I think the Cavaliers do win tonight, but I think they lose uh, the next two and and go down four to one. Four to one. Carl, what do you think? Uh, I'm going the Warriors uh, four straight. I just uh, four straight. I just think, yeah, I just think that team's awful strong and powerful, and you know there's there's just a message being sent to the NBA from that squad. They they just. They're just playing really good ball right now. Yeah, they are. And uh, but you know, you know, four and zero or, or four game sweep is bad for TV ratings. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over to you, Carl. Since you're the you're the hockey guru, Stanley Cup Finals are very interesting. Both teams 
winning two at home. They're headed back to Pittsburgh for game five. Who wins? Well, my my heart's gonna make this pick because I can't I can't go with the Penguins. That's for sure. So, you know, and and I'm a I'm a big fan of of, of everything about Nashville and you know bringing the franchise there. And I mean, that excitement in that building has just got to be unbelievable. Um, and Peter Laviolette, you know, once you know, once the Flyers coach. So I got to go with uh, I got to go with the Predators. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a seven-game series. I think it's going to get pushed right to the end and, and uh, make for good TV ratings. So. That's right. Bill, what do you say? Well, I don't have a dog in the hunt, so I could really care less. But frankly, uh, I, I spoke to uh, a couple different hockey guys out in Pittsburgh when we were out there a few weeks back, and including Bernie, by the way, Carl, and he just said – there's no way Pittsburgh doesn't win it again. He he said, I, I I can't see them losing. And that was sort of the message from almost everybody we talked to. Now, a bunch of those guys, of course, were ex-Penguins. So I think they were a little <laughs> biased. But still, it seemed like the message from almost everybody was that there was no way the Penguins could lose. Uh, you know, hey, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Predators win too because it's, it's always good to see the Penguins lose. But ultimately, I have a feeling it's still going to be the Penguins. Well, and I hope uh, I hope you're wrong on that, Bill. But uh, I think you could be right. You know, Bill Barber, when we had him on just a few weeks ago, he said uh, if the Penguins got healthy, he thought that they were clearly the best team. But uh, hot goaltending, you know, Nashville actually outplayed Pittsburgh in Game One of that series, but Pittsburgh ended up winning the game. So uh, Nashville's not going to go down easy. We'll see how it goes. Well, gentlemen, hey, I certainly appreciate you guys taking the time to join us tonight and uh, great stuff, good uh, good insights on all Philly sports and, and certainly on the uh, memorabilia business. Very good. Thanks for having me. All right. Carlscard.com and Bill and Friends Sports on 610 Radio. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. All right. Hey, don't forget the 25th annual Dick Vermeil Boy Scout Golf Outing at Downtown Country Club is coming up June the 20th. For those that are interested, drop me a private Facebook message. I'll get that information to you. I also posted the details on my Facebook page earlier today. Golf is sold out, but tickets are available for the dinner and the auction, which are both great. It's $100. The celebrity guest list is now over 50 Vermeil-era Eagles. All are very approachable for conversation and for autographs. The auction items are great as well. Philly Press Box Radio will be donating a full-size Eagles helmet that will be signed by all the celebrities and auctioned off as well. Also be signed by Coach Vermeil. Uh, we also want to thank each and every one of you that visits our website, phillypressboxradio.com. We continue to keep it updated with articles from the local papers, a few that we write, you can listen to all of our shows and also the Vimeos from our show guests. We even have a photo section and a list of the websites of all our guests. And check out all of our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Lula Road, Taylor & Heather, and Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. Just go to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, and click on each of their displays to transfer to their websites. 
As I mentioned, Chad is off this week. He'll be back next week. We're going to have two guests, CSN Sixer Insider D. Lynham. We'll be back to talk draft and all things Sixers. And PhillyNations.com, Corey Sharp will make his first visit to the roundtable as well to talk the suddenly hot Phillies. My parting shot for the week. This one is kind of interesting to me. Pro golfing legend Pete Mickelson is in the news today. The five-time major winner is being criticized for doing something we should all do. Be a dad. You see, Mickelson's daughter is graduating from high school and giving the commencement speech on day one of the U.S. Open. Pete can't be in two places at once, but in spite of being given a pass from his daughter and his wife, Pete is going to be a dad and be at graduation where he should be, I might add. It might be an easy, easy decision when your net worth is estimated at $375 million, according to Forbes magazine in 2016, but Mickelson has never won the U.S. Open, finishing a record six times in second place, with this being the only hole in his resume keeping him from being only the sixth golfer to win all four Grand Slam events. Pete, if there's truly heat on you for skipping the Open, you heard it here first. You're doing the right thing. To your daughter, Amanda, happy Father's Day. With that, we've reached the top of the hour. We'd like to thank our special guests, Carl Henderson and Bill Mattis, Irish Rover Station House, Lou LaRoe, Taylor, and Heather, and Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chesko, who will be back next week, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday night, June 14th at 7 p.m., when CSN 76ers insider D. Lynham and philliesnation.com Corey Sharp join us. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, our Facebook page, or on the Internet at www.blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Mixcloud. High hopes. Philadelphia sports fans and for my buddy Fred Burns I got a full song for you this is for me and you my friend I walked into work five minutes late Boss man said if I do it again, he's going to have to dock my pay. I can't go on living this way. Thank God it's Friday. All I got to do is just make it through the day. Counting down the hours, grinding through the week. When the clock strikes five, I'll tell you where I'll be. On a vacation. Caught a 10-pound bass and a two-ton buzz. Damn, that's a lot of weight. 
Peace, Fred.